This is The Big Shut-In, Stories from Quarantine. It's Tuesday, March 17th, uh, about a little after 9 o'clock at night, um, day two. And um, this week is turning out to really be about triage in terms of finding schedules, who's going to do what, when, and what are the priorities. I, you know, I just, I see so much stuff on social media of um, younger people, single people, people without kids. And, you know, it's a lot of talking about boredom and isolation. And, and uh, I, I dig that. I could see how that would be what you're fearing, but man, I would uh, really love some isolation <laughs> at this moment. And I, and I think um, that is not a feeling that's going to go away anytime soon. You know, we're juggling two really demanding jobs that my wife and I both work at 50, 60 hours a week and two very small children who can't really entertain themselves. It's not like, you know, we have preteens or something that we could just kind of shove in their rooms and let them read books and talk to their friends on the phone. You know, they, somebody has to be coming up with activities and trying to keep them from bouncing off the walls. So this week, that's, that's me. My wife is dealing with real crisis at work, like immediate, she needs to pull rabbits out of hats or the whole enterprise is going to come tumbling down and I am only anticipating crisis um, that will happen, you know, soon if I'm not able to keep wheels turning. Um, so therefore she is working and I am teaching while I try and keep my clients as happy as I can with, you know, an hour here and an hour there of pushing things along. <laughs> I, I never, uh, never aspired to be a teacher, but I'm figuring out something that looks like education and, and, and entertainment. And it's really hard. Um, they both like to turn around. They're both really social. They both want to do stuff and we're just going to be stuck in here. Yeah. It's only day two. Um, it sounds like I'm, I'm, uh, whining and maybe, but, uh, you know, if this were a couple days, who cares? It'd be great. It'd be fun. I, you know, I get to spend more time with them and flex those muscles. And But it's just knowing, you know, now they're talking months, just looking ahead into those months of continuing to manage this and having to try and juggle all this and, and uh, keep money coming in. And as the world is collapsing around us, it's just really scary. It's really scary. Anyway, here's my friend Quinn. Uh, he's a carpenter and a senior manager at a company that manufactures things like sets and high-end retail displays. He lives right around the corner from me in Queens uh, with his wife and two kids, who he mentions. Helen is 12 and Teddy is 10. A recording has started. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's the sound? I have my headphones on. It's okay, actually. It's okay? Um, it's so weird that we're like, you know, you're right over there. 
Like I could. I'm could blocked away. <laughs> yeah. You got your guitar. Yeah. Uh, how's it How's it going over there, man? How's it, How is? Well, I think it's. I don't think. I'm. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I feel very calm and reassured about what's happening. I'm not worried, but I think Teddy is worried a little bit and just unsure. So it's just causing him to be a little rattled and wound up. And what do you think? What do you think he's worried about? What do you think he understands or doesn't understand? Uh, I mean, I think he he hears everything we hear. It's not like we censor the news or you know, limit what he's hearing. We talk about it all the time and read articles to each other. And I mean, yeah, I think he knows exactly what's happening and we try to explain things to him as much as possible. I don't know that he's worried about us like getting sick or anything like that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's just worried about the, the instability or the change in whatever's happening to his world. You know, it's going to be different. He doesn't know how it's going to change it. Maybe he didn't understand why he couldn't go outside. You know, that was his thing. Like, I'm not at school. Why can't I go to the park? Why can't I go out and play basketball with Milo in the backyard? So he was just appalled by that. Just like, couldn't, couldn't believe it, that that was a real rule. He's like, why, 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 why can't I? He's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, we had to explain it to him. Like people, you know, old people are going to get sick if you go outside. They're going to spread it to other people if you have the disease. And we all have to do this to prevent it from spreading. And I think he understood that, but he just couldn't see how his not going outside had anything to do with that, which, you know, as an individual, he's probably right. Like one person wouldn't make any difference. But obviously, it's been decided this is what we're doing. And so he had to just uh, adapt to that information and yeah. it didn't go very well. He was, just, was screaming and crying and pissed off. Mm. It was weird today. We were in the backyard. And I feel so incredibly fortunate to have a backyard. But we were in the, oh my God, yeah. we were in the backyard and me and the kids and we were messing around and... Like Walter and I were playing ball or something, and baby Helen was drawing with sidewalk chalk. You know, we're just trying to find some way to like get a little fresh air in our tiny little backyard. And and um, and there were like kids. There's no kids next door to us, but two houses over on both sides, there were kids. And okay, and they were playing in their backyards, but we weren't. They weren't. The kids weren't allowed to like interact. Like they were like talking. They weren't available. Fence. Yeah, and, and like the little the little boy two houses over, you know, to one side was like standing at the fence and looking over and saying, you know, Walter, you can come over. And uh, me and his mom were like, no, <laughs> no, he can't. He's like, no, he can't. It's fine. <laughs> but it's just uh, so weird to have these like these like child pens, invisible barriers. Yeah, like these these like like penned off. I mean, it was like, you know, you have to stay in your little cage. You know, and you can see the other cages with the other children in their cages. Yeah. It's bizarre. So weird because this whole thing, like, there's not, there's no visible, like, outward sign of any of this. You know, you can't see it 
Like there's no, everything's the same except maybe the empty streets. But it somehow changes the way everything looks to me. Like the neighborhood just looks different. Well, it's just that, it's that fear. It's that, um, it's not even fear. I mean, fear is the wrong word because it's, it's just dread almost. Or, well, it, yeah. Like we know this, like it's going to get worse. Like we are going to know people who are yeah. sick and the economic sort of fallout is going yeah. to hit. Like, Cancel your vacations and your two day vacations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like cancel your cancel your whatever college. Right. Oh, geez, savings. Forget that. But uh, that we all see this coming. Like, there's just this like it's like a tsunami, and it might be two months from now that it really hits, and we all see it, and we're all sort of braced for it. And there's nothing we can do. It's a weird, it's a weird sensation. Yeah, we don't know. So how do you, I mean, your first, the first thing you said when you got on is that you're not concerned. Is that things are, you're calm, cool. So how, how are you not worried? <laughs> what are you not worried about? How do you feel? I mean, I, what could I do? Like, what could I possibly, like, I could go, like, start. I don't know, like, what What am I going to do to fix the situation besides keep calm and, you know, stabilize, stabilize my own, my own ship and keep it steady. And um, I'm not too worried about my own ship. You know, I know that I don't have a job right now. I mean, I, my job is, is dead and completely closed down. Um, I've got some sick days, which I'm using, but those will run out eventually. I have some savings. They're not going to keep you uh, keep you on salary. They're not able to do that. Uh, I mean, there's probably going to be something to do sooner or later. But right now, we just have zero jobs, and you know, it's not like they've told me that they're going to cut me off. But like, I have to expect eventually that if there's zero money coming in and nothing at all to do like why would they why would they want to keep paying me what they pay me you know just doesn't seem likely and and i understand you know that that's panic doesn't serve any useful function but how do you keep it what do you do in your brain to keep it to keep it away it must be creeping in at some some stage. i don't i don't think it, it does not i think part of it is having lived through not extreme poverty, but like, you know, years of living very frugally and not having a whole hell of a lot and understanding that that's actually not a big deal when it comes to quality of life. You can have a pretty high quality of life and be completely broke and penniless. And so I know that, you know, I like my creature comforts, but I also know that if they were all taken away tomorrow, that I could still maintain a pretty amazing life. I feel confident that I could make something of it. And I'm not, I'm not worried about losing what I have. I'm not so worried about losing what I have. I'm worried about losing what my kids have, what my family has, you know? 
that concerns me more. Yeah. Well, I grew up with like five kids and, you know, a school teacher's salary in a tiny little house and complete chaos. So I, you know, my kids are pretty damn lucky. If they had to live the way I grew up, it wouldn't be the worst thing for them. Hmm. Yeah. What are you guys They're doing spoiled about spoiled brats, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, so am I, I think. That's, that's my problem. Uh, uh, maybe that's your problem. Maybe that's why you don't feel the way I feel. Because you're afraid to lose. You don't know what is on the other side of losing all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, but it's not so bad, I can tell you that. Well, keep that in mind. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come down. Like that. Um, well, anyway, on that note, you want to, you want to play us out? You want to give me a give me a strum Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. It's Corona time. Have a good one, man. I'll Make talk sure to you soon. Get that in there. It's Corona time. <laughs> it's Corona time. Bye. All right. See you, man. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, David. My name is David Hoffman, and The Big Shut-In is a production of Race Car Radio.